Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast we are seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We're also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Ken Russ, who is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, professional dish digger, entrepreneur, and proud advocate of following your dreams. Ken has joined us this evening to have a conversation on how to turn your blue-collar career into a successful lifestyle. Ken, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, let's get right into the conversation. You have written a book, and our conversation tonight is about how to turn your blue-collar career into a successful lifestyle. What did that passion about uh, turning the blue collar career into a lifestyle come from? Well, that's that's kind of the heart of the whole thing. When I was younger, I, I was uh, I was one of five boys in our in our family. We lived in a very small house in small town Amherst, Ohio. So, you know, while our parents did their very best to keep us clothed and fed and sheltered and protected, um, if we wanted something outside the realm of the family budget, we had to go earn it somehow. We had to go find a way to get it. And, um, you know, you wanted a new baseball glove or you wanted a new pair of jeans because you didn't want to wear your brother's hand-me-downs anymore. Um, you, you found a way to do those things. And it was a good lesson then, and it's still a good lesson today. And uh, again, I just think the um, the whole art of visualizing something and then finding a way to go get it is lost upon, you know, everybody, our educators, our parents, you know, this, this, this kind of on-demand world has really killed a little bit of that self-initiative. And um, I'm just here to talk about how you can still make an amazing living and more so now than ever in whatever field you choose once you figure out what you want your life to look like. I think you said it right there. What you want your life to look like. Can you explain why you were why you said it that way instead of what you want to do when you grow up? Well, I think first off, that's an amazing question. I think I think what happens is you've heard it the other way so many times. Yeah. What do you want to do when you grow up? Well, what does do mean? I mean, do me a favor, draw do. You can't. Okay, but what you want your life to look like, that's a whole nother story. And I, I think I think what 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 we fail sometimes to do is to live beyond, you know, the if then. Okay. If I go to school and if I get good grades and if I get uh, a scholarship, for example, and if I get into college and if I get a degree, and then if I get a job, and if that job pays me well, then I can start living the way I want to live. That's that's completely backwards. My my contention is you need to start with your then first and then figure out one of the many different ways there is to get there. College being one of those ways, a career in the military being one of those ways, a tech school, trade school, working right after high school, jumping right into the work workforce. There is a lot of different ways to get there that are still absolutely viable that we've turned away from. And um, th those lucky few that are, are going to go against the grain are not only going to make a fortune, but they're going to have a really awesome life that is well within their control and nobody else's. What you just described really can be summed up into one word, and that's decisions. 
we all have a decision to make on what path we want to take. And you have made a post talking about decisions. You said looking to make better decisions than use the Chick-fil-A rule. What is the Chick-fil-A rule? Oh, that, that was just their their way. I mean, if if you know, if, if you've driven by a Chick-fil-A recently, you know, their lines are all the way out the street, down the street, and 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 they find ways to get kids to work in the rain outside um, with those little mobile like uh, phone booth things that they wear. And I, I just think it's all about the culture. And and what what Chick Fil A talks about is you know you are responsible for your culture. You're responsible for your world. And and that's what I really like about that is you know. Ask yourself these questions. Is, is, is my decision going to harm others? Is my decision going to support others? Is my decision going to support our community? Is my decision going to support myself? You know, take your time to think about those things because there's ramifications to everything that we do. And I, I just, I think it's really, really important. And it's lost on me why we don't teach this in high school to build more independent, self-motivated, you know, self-managing, goal-oriented people um, and not, not even in high school, in, in later on in life as well. Uh, people that live beyond Friday, okay? People that understand that I don't, I don't live to work. I work so that I can live. Well, what's the live mean? Let's start with that and then work our way backwards and um, help you build it just the way you see it happening. Very cool. So fun fact, I've been to Amherst, Ohio twice. And I think it's a lovely town, has a great burger joint right across the street from, I believe it's the city building or police department or whatever that is over there. And I stayed over, I have a client there. So I've, I've visited a couple of times. It's a great place. Amazing people. Um, so you had mentioned, you said, quote, lucky few who decide to go against the grain. We're kind of go against the grain sort of people. So I relate to that. I teach my kids to go against the grain, not to be a rebel, but just to think differently than others and allow yourself not to just conform to someone else's thoughts. What do you mean when you say the lucky few who decide to go against the grain? And what does that have to do with when you're talking about sort of moving into success? Well, look at it this way. I, I think... I think the law of supply and demand is something that is you can't beat it. You, you unless you manipulate the you know the data going into that. Supply and demand is a perfectly efficient machine that will always work. Okay, and it, it it's it's so true in this case. So for example, for every ten contractors that are retiring today at the average age of fifty five. Only three to five are replacing them. So what do you think is going to happen to not only the availability, but the, the fees that they charge and the wages they earn as they become more rare and rare and rare? I mean, you think about it. I've got people in Toledo, Ohio right now, finished carpenters making more money than lawyers or accountants. In some cases, even family doctors. It, it's, it's crazy uh, when 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 you look at how this thing you know pans itself out so the reason i say go against the grain is look at it this way if everyone's going to let's say the right perhaps you might want to think about going towards the left because where supply is low and demand is high that's where the money goes so 
I hear a lot of people talk about, well, you know, the only way to success is a college degree. No, the only way to success is to do something other people aren't or do something that is in high demand. And that's why I say, you know, it's not that piece of paper or that degree that makes you successful. It's what you what you create in this world that is a you know marketable good or service that eventually pays you either well or not so well. So, yeah, I, I think if everyone's going right, you should probably go left, and you're you're going to find uh, you're going to find a lot of success in that area. You talked about living beyond Friday. I really like that. How important is it for someone to have a side hustle? Like those that have a nine to five, how important is it just for them not to just be stuck in that regular routine to have a nine to five job, but to maybe have a side hustle as well? It it really depends on what their goal picks, what your what their life picture looks like. I mean, if they can make their life work with their nine to five, then fine. Let's do it. Whether you're in an office job or a blue collar job or whatever, that's fine. But if you want your life to expand, if you have this picture of what you want your life to look like, this perfect nirvana, if you will, okay, I call it the comfort, peace, and freedom triangle, okay, in, in the book. If, if you want that level, then you're going to have to exceed what your current income is. Now, here's the best part about that. I've seen so many people turn side hustles into permanent hustles because they figured out a way to do that in, in you know, the things like the internet, things like Shopify, things like these, these online stores and marketplaces, it has never in my lifetime been easier to open your own business. Okay. You can do everything with a cell phone and a pickup truck. So it, it's um, to me, uh, I love it when people write to me and say, you know, I had this side hustle and all of a sudden now I'm building pr- uh, furniture full time and I love my life. Okay. I have this barn in my backyard or down the street or whatever with my wood shop. And I am in control of my life. I love it. And um, I'm just so glad that not only I read your book so I could make that transition, be brave enough to do it, but that, um, you know, I, I actually had the, the, the nerve to go out and do it on my own. I was willing to take that risk and that risk has paid off. I love that. So I can totally relate that a little bit. I actually, about five, five or six years ago, I found this guy on Facebook who was creating tables just out of wood in his garage. And he's made these sort of farmhouse looking tables. They were imperfect. Actually, his business was called like perfectly imperfect or something along those lines. Nice. And it wasn't perfect when I go, but I needed a big table for the like a family to come over. And I ordered one. I paid, paid him for it. And I asked him, how is it going? And they said that it's gotten so much attention that he went full time making tables, chairs, benches, those types of types of things. And it was Christmas. He's crazy busy, but he loved it way more than what he was doing before. So now he has a barn and he just makes, you know, just table type things and he feeds his family. He loves life. He probably spends more time with his children. Um, I think the verdict should be out by now that the college degree is not the key to success. I have a degree. Lafayette has a degree. It was sort of preached to us by our families. I don't really use mine necessarily. I, But I think the data shows pretty explicitly that you don't need that degree to be more successful financially versus others. There's too many examples of people who have not. 
I get the general pay scale, you know, salary thing and whatever. But I also believe that a lot of parents are still pushing their kids that way out of a little bit of ego, a little bit of like, hey, I need everybody to know that my kids are going to college so they're not losers kind of feeling. But what have you noticed separates minus the degree? What separates those who achieve versus those who do not? Well, first off, someone, you know, I hear this all the time. People will accuse me of being an entrepreneur. Oh, you're just lucky. You're this entrepreneur guy. And I'll write back at it. I'll say, okay, here's some crayons and a piece of paper. Draw entrepreneur. You can't. It's a concept. It's a vague term. Entrepreneurs are people that do things, but entrepreneurs are first people that see things. So I go back to the visions. Okay. You know, you can, I can take just about anybody and set them down, have them spend a week, maybe two weeks building a vision board for exactly what they want their life to look like and the paths on, you know, the, the paths to getting those things. All of a sudden, all those entrepreneurial characteristics that I talk about in the book, persistence, resilience, you know, faith, initiative, humility, uh, generosity, um, all those things, they come alive in everybody. Because once I know what I want and, and I know that I'm in control of getting it, get out of my way, okay? I'm going to go make these things happen for myself. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think achievers... Again, you can't really draw the word achievers, but you can draw the fact that the definition of achievers is somebody who has done something, right? Well, what's the something? Let's draw that. So it all comes down to how clearly can you see what you want your future to look like? You know, a lot of times you'll be having a conversation with somebody and at the end of every sentence, they'll say, hey, you know, John, do you see what I mean? Well, well what are they asking you to do? They're asking you to take a vision or a picture that they have in their head and put it into yours. It's the same thing as what I'm talking about. We are all so amazingly good at planning vacations. Okay. We plan, let's say we're going to Florida. We plan, we think about the beach and we think about the, the air and the smells and the, and the palm trees and the heat and the, the suntan lotion and the sandals and the, the beach towel and the drink and the music and all that stuff we think about. And we anticipate that over, let's say, four or five months until that day finally arrives. If we're all so good at visualizing a vacation, why shouldn't we be good at visualizing every as aspect of our life? Okay, what we want our house to look like, what we want our pet to look like, what kind, dog or cat, what color, what would you name it? Um, what What do you want your charity moment to be when you get older? Assuming you you had some money, time, talent, and treasure, what would you do with it? What, uh, what is your family going to look like? What's your transportation going to look like? What are your hobbies going to look like? What's your health going to look like your vacation? Draw this entire thing out because you and only you know what that looks like. Nobody else can tell you that. Nobody else can do it for you because it's uniquely yours. And, and again, I, I beat a dead horse on this, but why young people aren't prepared to do this, I have no idea. So I even teach people, I, I do, I teach kids after school to learn how to visualize and do these things. And um, it's just an amazing thing to see the light bulbs go off that, wow, they really are in control of their own lives. One of the words that is so loosely used in our society and on social media 
is that word success. We've talked about success tonight. We've talked about being successful, you know, and it's almost like this is a leadership podcast. Leadership is another word that's often used. But I want to know what is your own personal definition of success or being successful? What's your own personal definition? Well, when I know I'm successful is when I'm in control of my life, okay? I'm in control of my daily input. I'm in control of the output that comes from that. I'm in control of the quality of that output. I'm in control of my time, my schedule, um, the days and, and, and times that I work, the uh, the financial gain that I get out of what I'm doing, and the, the feedback from my eventual customer, whoever that might be. If I'm in control of all of those things, and then I have that mechanism that drives me down the path towards my vision board that I've drawn out and I'm gaining on that vision board, I'm successful. Okay. At, at any level, you know, we're not all going to chase 15 cars and mansions and, you know, yachts and being a rap star or whatever. I mean, that's fine. If you can do it, go for it. I love it. But every one of us has that little piece inside of us that says, man, you know what? If I could just live like that, that would be really, really cool. And that's what I'm trying to help people to see is you are absolutely in control of that. Nobody else is. And once you realize that, you're now an empowered person, man. Get out of your way because you're going to make those things happen. So we've talked a lot today about vision. And we didn't really plan it to go that direction, but it's I totally agree with what you're saying about that. So once someone says, okay, I've got my vision. Ken, I've been through Ken's workshop. I understand how to get some vision. Uh, they'll find out that vision will adjust as they grow, but they have a vision, which is critical. What's next? Well, first off, the next thing is, okay, let's talk about how to control your emotions because emotions are a choice, every one of them, okay? Uh, you know, fear replaces joy, frustration replaces spontaneity. So you have to be careful what you're parking in your head. Okay. Because, you know, there are a lot of people in this world that when you say you want to do something, they're either naysayers or they're some dayers, you know, someday let's get together for lunch. Yeah, let's do that. And then nothing ever happens. You need to be really, really careful what you're putting into your head, not only yourself, but what other people put there, because, once you recognize that your emotions are a choice, man, there's a whole new world that lights up for you. Okay. Like light bulbs. I mean, it, it just comes out and, and you walk this earth saying, okay, I'm in control of what those emotions are. So you let, let's set your mind straight right there. And then the next thing is, okay, you can either do this someday, like in a bar when they say, you know, tomorrow free drinks. Well, that you never get a free drink that way. Cause the sign always says tomorrow. Right. So that someday is something you have to put off to the side and become what I call a two dare, which means you start this right here and right now. I will run into people that say, yeah, you know what? I, I'd really like to do this. And then I'll say, okay, well, let's start right now. And they look at you like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, whoa, what's going on? And I'm like, well, if you're going to tell someone that you would really want to do this, and I'm hearing the words really and want, and I'm putting that in my mind saying, this person's committed to this, then let's go right now. Let's, let's make a path for each one of these things that you want right here and right now. And then let's put that on the wall. 
we'll put that out in, in public for all to see so that everybody knows where you're at and where you're going and they can kind of cheer you on along the way. Otherwise, it's all just dreams, wishes, hopes, fantasy. It, it really doesn't culminate in anything. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that your words frame your world. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think your actions frame your world more than more than your words, because, you know, I, I can say, man, I really want to go to Italy. I really want to go to tour the wine country. You can say that all you want. But until you go to your payroll clerk and say, I want you to put aside $40 a week for the next two years. And two years from today, I'm getting on a plane from Delta out of Detroit and I'm flying to Milan to go visit that country. It's all just jargon. It Words mean nothing. So that's what we do. We take people's goals, which is another one of those totally overused words, and we create we take we take if goals and turn them into when goals, which all that does is create certainty that it's going to happen because, you know, I don't care if you put a goal out one year, three or five years, 10 years. Once you put it on the map and you make it live and it's happening, man, that time flies by like a weekend. OK, so I, I just want to make sure that people understand that until you take that very first step. And in my mind, even a step, even a goal that has 50 steps, you know what the hardest step is? The very first one. Because once you get moving, you're doing this. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's something that we are really hardcore on around here. But you know what? People get a lot of things out of this, out of this life and, and within these four walls. And that's kind of the whole purpose of the thing. So tell us a little bit about Blue Collar Cash. Like what, what drove you to write it? And give us, they kind of tell us a little bit about that book. So I've probably hired 2,500 people in the last 36 years uh, to run my company. We started with six and now we have over 200 and um, over 30 some years, it takes a lot of people to fuel that, you know? So what I noticed was people became less and less prepared in their interviews for not only what we were going to talk about, but what life had in store for them. Okay. You know, in the old days you had shop class and you could accidentally discover how cool it was to be a carpenter, a plumber, electrician, a cook, whatever, you know, owning a restaurant, owning a bakery, owning your own flower shop, whatever it is. And they kind of got rid of those, those rooms full of awesome machines and they put computers in there instead which is fine. We needed to learn that, but why did it have to be one or the other? Why couldn't we have had both? Right. So I, I started recognizing that people were less and less prepared for life. And I was having to become an almost involuntary life coach more and more and more and more. And I've never went to college. I don't have any letters after my name. I don't have any training in psychology, but I know how to get people to get things done for themselves. So the more life coaching I did, the more these processes seemed to work. And my wife was saying, you know, you need to get this message beyond the four walls of your company because what you do works. I mean, here you are with a fully staffed company of 200 people doing really hard work, you know, digging ditches and using jackhammers and pouring concrete and dirt and stone and grabbing I mean, all that. 
and yet other people are struggling to find two or three people to work in their whatever shop. There's something we were doing right. And I just felt compelled to talk about that because, again, you can make an amazing life in a lot of different ways. And one of them is blue collar. And I just wanted to call some some attention to it because it, it needed to be done. We always wrap up our show with a segment called Off Script, where we ask our guests to give us or leave our audience with their off script moment. That doesn't have to do with anything with the topic, but whatever's on your heart that you want to leave our audience with. What's that off script moment for you? You know, I, I would say this, and thank you for asking that. That's a great question. I would say that my world was really, really good, and I'm blessed. I'm eternally grateful, and, and and I give back a lot, and um, I think it's incumbent upon us to do that. So I created this course because sometimes when you read a book, you know, you put it on your shelf and it becomes almost like a trophy and you forget anything that was even in the book three or four months later. And um, so I wanted to create this course that somebody could take the book and actually change their life with it over eight 45 minute sessions. OK, now I've seen courses that are three hundred dollars, five hundred thousand, two thousand dollars. No, this course is ninety nine dollars. You get a free twenty five dollar book with it. And when you buy it, I give, I donate a book and a course to somebody of your choosing, meaning, you know, your friend, your neighbor, son or daughter, grandson, a granddaughter, nephew, whoever. So if you decide to help yourself, you're going to help somebody else in the process. And I give a lot of my proceeds from the book to charity anyway. So this isn't, this isn't about me. This is about taking an opportunity to give back and having people not only help themselves, but help others in the process. So if people take advantage of that, you know, I, I would hope that um, they'd feel good about about, you know, changing their lives and changing the life of somebody around them. Stay connected with Ken. Follow him at Ken Rusk official and also purchase his book, Blue Collar Cash. Again, thank you, Ken, for having this amazing conversation with us tonight on how to turn your blue collar career into a successful lifestyle. As always, stay connected with us here on Unscripted. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Unscripted Leadership. Our website is unscripted-leadership.com. You can become a patron, support our mission uh, there on patreon.com backslash unscripted leadership. Also, our podcast is available on all streaming platforms. As always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless you.